Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Who doesn't want to laugh and enjoy work more than they do now? Oh, don't be a stick in the mud. Today on Episode 9 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, You'll meet my guest, Greg Kettner, a recent TEDx speaker and happiness coach and podcaster who keeps audience laughing and sales teams bringing in the big bucks. Let's talk about how we can all bring happiness to the forefront at work and how it relates to personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. You know, I love to laugh. There, I said it. I love laughing so much that I listen to clean comedians in my car every day on the Laugh channel on XM Radio as I go to and from seeing my clients. People probably wonder why I'm all smiles in my car all by myself. But anyways, it puts me in a good mood. When couples come over to our house for a game night, laughter is my favorite part of the night. And when I used to work at nonprofit organizations, the camaraderie at staff luncheons and team building retreats took the dullness out of work life and brought us closer together. Anytime we could share a laugh, It seemed to make the day go faster, and I enjoyed making people's days with morale-boosting activities to bring smiles to teammates' faces. It's sad when I observe workplaces that are somber and serious, and it looks like no one enjoys their workplace. If your environment is starting to drift away from happiness, listen extra well today. My guest today is comedian Greg Kettner. Here's a little bit about Greg. Greg Kettner is an international keynote speaker, happiness coach, and podcaster who is a 27-year sales veteran with over $12 million in sales. Greg empowers and inspires audiences around the world to be the very best they can be. His passionate stories will engage you, make you laugh, and touch a tender part of your heart, too. Greg is also a world-class connector who spent time with hockey icon Wayne Gretzky, shared the stage with comedian Robin Williams, and almost knocked over Queen Elizabeth II. Greg has spoken to and entertained corporate clients such as Coca-Cola, Ford, SAP, and the Vancouver 2010 Winter Olympic Games. Greg became a friend after I sought him out to network, and uh, he lives in Walla Walla, Washington. I'm in the Tri-Cities, Washington, not too far away. We realized we were in the same line of work, seeking to inspire the masses with our unique niches. So we'll check in with each other a few times a month. We celebrate our wins together. We discuss our challenges together. And we encourage each other to go after our goals. So welcome, my friend. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here. And unfortunately, uh, because the weather is not warm enough, we're not golfing. This would be fun to do on the golf course. <laughs> yes, that day is coming very soon. Very soon. Well, Greg, you started out in sales, right? So what do you, what do you enjoy most about sales? I, I love connecting with people and helping people solve their problems. And I've done sales anywhere from the Vancouver Canucks selling hockey and sponsorships uh, to selling flooring. Uh, I started out my sales career when I was 12. Uh, we would uh, go around. We, we lived on five acres up in British Columbia, Canada, and we would <laughs> chop down trees and cut them up. And they weren't more than probably three or four inches around 
birch trees, which don't go in the fireplace. Uh, they were wet. Uh, and we would take our wagon around to our neighbors, much to our parents' uh, embarrassment, and sell, <laughs> sell a load of firewood for five bucks. And I'm sure they just dumped it out behind and buried it. I don't know what they did with the wood, but definitely didn't burn it. So my, my whole life has, has been about serving others and helping other people. And I just, I love making connections and, and making people happy. Yeah, I love how you said it's, you know, sales is helping people solve their problems. I mean, sometimes we we think of it as, you know, badgering somebody or, you know, foisting yourself upon someone with your product, but you use the word serving. I'm sure that was intentional. Yeah, I guess or, or unintentional. I mean, it's just, it's part of what I do. And and now in the speaking and in the training and podcasting, again, it's, you know, um, and COVID, the pandemic is really exasperated, but people are really struggling at work to, how do I maintain happiness when I have to go to work or I'm working from home and I don't have that water cooler uh, effect? So it's just, yeah, it's it's finding out people that I can serve and people that I can help and I can't help everybody. And, and for those people that don't need my services, I try and be a resource for them. I can point them to you or, or point them to someone else or a book or, you know, uh, a, a talk show, whatever it is, but just really how can I make the people around me uh, and my customers better people? Cause if I can't, then I'm not, I'm not doing my job. I don't feel. Right. And you know, since we're always selling something, you know, even our family sometimes uh, yeah. those that we love, <laughs> what, what would you give as a reminder, uh, just a fundamental reminder about sales for our listeners? I think it's just, you know, selling and, and I, you know, over my career, I remember when I started, it's like, always be closing, right? You, you, call <laughs> right. People, you pester me here. And here's, I was thinking, you know, uh, the other day about features and benefits, right? Remember mm-hmm. 25 years ago when, when a company came out with a brand new widget, you can go in and go, well, here's all the features you get from my widget. And here's all the benefits you get. Yep. But then everybody caught up to each other and everybody's doing the same thing. So uh, it, it's changed, at least for me, and I've been successful by doing more listening and less talking when I'm working with people, finding out what people are struggling with. If they have an issue, can I help? If I can, great. If not, you know, let's, let's point them in a direction where they can get help. Yeah. So sales lead with listening, not with talking, because you're not learning anything about your customer, potential customer or client by yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah. And, and my customer could care nothing about me, right? They, right? they want their problem solved. So yes, if I talk about myself or you talk about yourself the whole time, they're like, well, all right, Who, who's going to help me? <laughs> you know, right. right. And, and, and people love to talk about themselves, right? We all do. You know, I, I think it was Dale Carnegie said the sweetest sound to anybody is the sound of their own name. Yep. Right. And when, so when good. people get on the phone, they're like, this is my family. This is what I do, blah, blah, blah. And, and eventually you build that, that know, like, and trust where people will open up and say, you know what, I'm struggling at work or I need this widget or, you know, and, and that's where we can really be a champion and help them out. Yeah. I think it's building the relationship. That's, that's what I got out of the Carnegie book years ago is uh, the guy that he really wanted the accounts, you know, this, ba- this bank uh, manager employee really wanted the account of this, this very wealthy man. And so he just got to know him. And, oh, he came in with his grandson, I think, one day. And the grandson collected stamps or something like that, you know, like my dad used to. And, uh, you know, he just remembered that later. And he brought stamps 
he got the he got the account right yeah. because he <laughs> he he remembered something about somebody else and that relationship bonded them closer together and he got the sale yeah <laughs> well i don't want to take away from your tedx talk story because i really want people to listen to it everyone does need to hear that but briefly you had the opportunity to step up to the stage with all eyes on you without any preparation from hundreds and hundreds of people you could have declined but no, you stepped up. So can you tell us a little bit of that story, Greg, and then what did that do for your confidence and even your career trajectory from that point on? Yeah, no, if, if I hadn't said yes to that opportunity, uh, we wouldn't be talking today. Wow. I wouldn't be married. Uh, I would probably be touring around Canada somewhere, staying on someone's couch and eating top ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was pretty, this was pretty pivotal. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you know, I, I did stand up uh, full time for six years and it took me six years to figure out that I like money more than stand up. Um, <laughs> kind of a slow learner. Um, but yeah. High ticket item, right? Stand up yeah. comedy, the high ticket. <laughs> uh, but the, the cliff notes uh, on the Vegas story, uh, we were down in Vegas um, every year. It was an annual sales kickoff. There was 4,000 salespeople. And every year they had a big awards banquet. And it was, it was a big deal. Like, I don't know what the budget was, but when, when Lenny Kravitz is the house band and uh, the, the number one sales uh, person gets to drive out with a brand new Porsche, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, and so I was at the back of the room, just minding my own business at a table of people I didn't know, having my dinner. And, Seven minutes into this three-hour program, the MC that they had hired, a famous comedian, said something so horrible um, that they they cut the microphone, the lights came on, the band started to play, and the room went very awkward silence. And I thought to myself, I'd been doing stand-up probably for about, oh, I would say maybe uh, maybe about a year, and the biggest crowd I had been in front of up until that night uh, was probably 20, 30 people in a pub. And I had a really solid five-minute set of fart jokes. So <laughs> that, that's, that was where I was <laughs> The pinnacle of all comedians. <laughs> yeah, fart jokes. Everybody loves a fart joke. Um, <laughs> and uh, so after this whole thing, the room was weird, awkward. People were talking, what's going to happen? Um, and then over the PA system, a voice said, hey, we're sorry for what just happened. We want to apologize. But want to let you know, we're going to restart the entire program in 15 minutes. And if anyone knows where Greg Kettner is, we need to talk to him. <laughs> and that's when I thought I was getting fired. I'm like, why would they pull me out of a crowd? Um, so I went backstage and said, hey, I'm Greg. How can I help? They said, well, you saw what happened. I said, yeah, I would not want to follow that guy. And they said, that's what we need you to do. <laughs> and uh, I had the opportunity. I said, I could have said, you know, I'm good. Right. But I, I thought to myself, I said, you know what, if I don't take this opportunity to, to do a set in Vegas, I'd been working for a year to get bigger and bigger. Now I'm in Vegas. There's 4,000 people. Uh, if I don't take this opportunity to go up on stage, I'm never going to have a story to tell on the Growing Forward podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what was the vision that you had back then? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this was 10 years ago before I even met you. <laughs> Um, and so I said, yes, I went out and I just started talking about what was going on. And uh, I had this idea in my head towards the end of my 15 minutes. Um, 
that the that year, uh, if you hit a certain sales number, you got to go to President's Club, which was a ten thousand dollar cruise through Turkey, Italy, and Greece, and you got to take somebody. And I thought, well, that would be fun to go, but I was nowhere near the boat because I didn't hit my number. And uh, so I I asked because I got up there and I made him laugh and we connected, and that's what laughter does. Um, and then when we're laughing, hearts were open, and so I just said, I didn't hit my number. Is there any way I can get on the boat because I'm helping out the company tonight? And uh, a, a gentleman from the front row stood up, said, hey, you're on the boat. It was a standing ovation. And I walked off that stage and I couldn't believe the, what I'd done just because I had said yes. I had no idea what I was going to say when I was standing backstage. But it was I, I took that opportunity. I went with it and, and it paid off. And from there, I, you know, I got into doing more stand-up, uh, started doing corporate stand-up ran into my now wife, Becky, uh, on the road. Um, and, you know, now I get to every day, I get to work with organizations and people on how to work happy. So I've taken my sales experience, my stand-up experience and combined them. And I'm, I'm a much better person than I was when I got up on that stage. Um, and the fact that I'm allowing people the opportunity to laugh and work happy versus trying to get laughs from people was a big shift in my mind. And I absolutely, every day I get to wake up and say, who am I going to make happy today? And it's, it's awesome. It's great to have that question first thing in the morning, right? When you, yeah. it just it allows you to your feet to hit the ground with purpose. Uh, like I, I feel that way too. Like, who do I get to coach today? Who, who can I help get to their goals today and their vision for their life? What, what's, what's my role that I get to play in that? And that, that's so great to have that purpose. Love absolutely. that story. Love that story, Greg. And, I had an opposite story uh, really quickly when I was a teenager. Uh, my I lived in Chicago, uh, a suburb of Chicago. And so all the straight-A students got to go to a Cubs game. This is before they had lights, yeah. if you remember those days, right? Wrigley Field didn't have lights, so only day <laughs> games. And so we went, we got to go to a game during school, which was pretty cool. And there's, like, nobody there. And we were behind home plate, uh, you know, about – 25 rows and a guy with a safari hat comes up and says, anybody want to be a bat boy for the uh, Chicago Cubs today? And we sort of looked at each other. We're like, really? This guy's just joking, right? He's like, no, really? Anybody want to be that? And our shyness kept us in our seat. And we're like, no, no, that's all right. And he went and found somebody else. I could have given the bat to like Ryan Sandberg and Leon Durham. I mean, just some, some people that, you know, ended up going to the playoffs (laughs) <laughs> and the, the, the very next year. And it was like, wow, I messed up because I didn't say yes. I didn't step up in that moment. And now I don't have a story like you do. So yeah. I think what we're trying yeah. to get from this is if, when the opportunity comes, you got to be ready and you got to say yes. Yeah. And he, even if, you know, say yes and take that, take that leap of faith in yourself, even though you, I had no idea what I was going to say. I was standing backstage and, I can barely remember my name, let any jokes, right? <laughs> but when I, when I got out there, it just, uh, you know, instinct took over. Um, but, you know, even your story, I mean, yeah, you didn't, you weren't the bat boy, but that's something that you've learned. Um, it's a lesson learned. And now you can share that with all your coaching clients and saying, sure. hey, here's what to do, because I, I found out what not to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And it's not letting fear take over the moment like oh what if i yeah. what if i screwed up a whole play and i left the bat on home plate and there was a play at the plate and you know your brain goes to all the worst case scenarios when in fear right and so yeah. we have to push through that fear and have that courage yeah and and fear is 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 
you know, it, nobody's immune to it. Right. I mean, even, even you and I, 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 you know, I, I, had a, I, I spoke with a client um, back in November and I got a review back and they're like, Oh, it was great, but we wish we could have this, this, and this. And so that fear of, well, I wish I could have known that before or helped them out, you know, kept me from, it was in the back of my head. And until I reached out back out and said, Hey, how can I give you what you were expecting? Uh, then I got on the other side of fear. And my fear was way bigger in my head than it was in hers. And after talking with her, uh, she said, oh, that was just one of the comments from someone who was in the audience. So it wasn't even the person who had, who had booked me to come speak. It was somebody else. But I had taken that fear and grown it to the size of a basketball when I should have, you know, when it was the size of a walnut, I should have had that call back then. And, and figured it out then. So fear is is a big part. And, and just because I'm a coach and a speaker doesn't mean I don't have fear crop up in my life as well. True that, true that. And uh, again, you said what another one of my clients said just this last week, which was it, I made it way bigger in my head, or it's always way bigger in my head <laughs> than it is in reality. <laughs> right. Always. Or, you know, something, an issue with your spouse or, or your kid, right? It, it can be a little tiny thing, but if, if we don't, uh, if we don't take care of it right away, it just, it grows and grows in our head. Well, Greg, you lead the work happy nation. What is work happy? Why did you decide to niche in that field of consulting? I, uh, it, it came out of the pandemic. So the work happy nation is a group of like-minded people who want to be better people at work, be better people at home and have more joy uh, in their lives. And it all came out of the pandemic. I was, um, and that's where we met. I was uh, at the Chamber of Commerce here in my local town. Uh, you and I met through that. Uh, and I got a phone call, I don't know, a month or two into the pandemic. And I was told that I was no longer essential. And I was like, well, I disagree with that. <laughs> I feel pretty essential. <laughs> you know, the, my, the, I, I increased membership. I increased sponsorship, all this kind of stuff. Um, but it was, it was his decision. And I, and I thought, you know what I, and to be honest, Paul, I, I was pretty, I was pretty, uh, peeved. I, you know, I was like, I can't believe what he just said and how he did it and all this. And so now I'm, I'm stewing in it. And I had to go up and tell Becky that I had lost my job, uh, for the layoff or what, whatever reasons his reasons were. Um, and so you raced up the stairs and said, guess yeah, what? <laughs> backwards. <laughs> so, you know, I had that conversation and, and she was very caring and, and giving like she always is and like, uh, women are in our lives. And, uh, I said, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm upset. I'm pissed off. I don't know what to do. And she said, well, first of all, you're going to go golfing. It was a nice sunny day. And she goes, just go golfing. 18 holes. I know that's what you need. And, you know, we talked over it the next couple of days and she said, you know what? Um, here's an opportunity for you to do what you've always wanted to do. And that's speak professionally and help other people be happy. She said, why don't you take your experience from the stand-up comedy stage and speaking and connecting and making people laugh and your experience, 27 years of corporate experience and combine those and go into organizations and, and help them work happy because everybody needs it. Uh, and then when she said work happy, I was like, well, that's it. That's, that's my tagline or my brand. Um, and so over the last 18 months, 
with uh, good people in my life like you. Uh, people have gone before me and, and my uh, uh, coach, Craig Hurd. I've been able to build this business to where um, every time I get to work with somebody, um, I walk away and those people are happier. I was doing a, an event uh, last month and at the beginning, it was on Zoom. And I said, hey, everybody in the chat box, uh, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you right now? And, you know, it was anywhere from four to eight. And so we did our thing and I, 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 I told my stories and we did some exercises and whatnot. And then at the end, I said, all right, everybody put in the chat box, how happy are you now? And it it bumped up three and four points. Like it was more sevens, eights, and nines. Um, so it, it's, it, and that's, that's what makes me happy, you know, is, is serving other people, um, figuring out how we can uh, make our cultures better because um, now with, with COVID and everything, everybody's so stressed and whatnot, we have forgotten, uh, I think across the board to put people before profits. And, and when we do that, when we take care of our people, when we talk about mental health, when we learn how to reach out and be kind and be nice and laugh, uh, there's so much good that comes out of that. There's more productivity. There's less turnover. Uh, people are taken care of. They felt like their voice is heard. And then the profits just rocket from there because people want to be a part of something. They want to feel like they, they belong. I, I didn't know the, the Becky part of that story that she was the one that coined the term. I, I, yeah. I don't think I heard that part of the story. Yeah. I just think the serendipity of sharing your um, sharing even a hardship with the person you love or a good friend or a coach or somebody, yeah. and then listening to their response, boom, there was the idea and you went from it. So sometimes we can get in our own head too much and we just need to share what we're going through and you never know. If somebody's going to come through with just that 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 life changing idea, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I also like how you said you went golfing after hearing that. Or she told you to go golfing after the news. I had I had a gig canceled in COVID. That was going to be uh, quite a bit of money that I was counting on uh, income. And uh, when it got canceled because of the Delta variant last year, I went golfing as well. And it's sort of <laughs> like you need to go to your happy place when you get bad news, and that's one of the ways we can be resilient. Have you found that as well? Absolutely. And, and during COVID I've, you know, I, I practice what I preach or I try to as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'm just like everybody else, but I've, I've really, what I found that that's helped me get into my happy places. Cause some days it's just, it's overwhelming, right? We're, we're in our houses or our spouses are working from home or kids, whether in school or not are at home and it's stressful. And, and I found, uh, a couple of things, meditation, uh, exercise, and breathing has really helped me to when I get to my desk in the morning uh, to really have that mindset of, okay, I'm awake, I'm alive, I have a lot to be thankful for. Now, how can I go out and, and, and serve other people? Good. You practice what you preach. And like I said, you're a work in progress too. Yeah. But boy, if we go down in flames, we can't uh, share our message with others to help them. Yeah. So those are some great habits, exercise, meditation, and breathing. And, and listeners, that might not be your three. You might have a different three, but you yeah. need to have three. You need yeah. to have a replenishment plan, some coping mechanisms that are healthy to get you through the hard times and be more resilient. Love that question of on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you now? 
Uh, that might be a good icebreaker uh, if you're if you're a team leader, and uh, just to get to open up some conversation on a, a Zoom or a Teams call, or uh, even if some of you that are live with your team, uh, you never know what that could turn into. So I also really enjoy that. So Greg, you shared some uh, benefits of working happy. You said increased productivity. You said less turnover, and of course, in our job market these days, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, people having a voice and feeling heard. What else would you say are benefits to working, choosing to work happy every day? Well, there's better communication, um, and you know, on the productivity, one one uh, study shows that salespeople uh, who work happy sell 37 percent more. Wow! Just by being happy. Um, another, they did another study with two groups of people on productivity. Um, so they had group one and group two, and they were both working on a puzzle for 20 minutes, the same puzzle. And then they took a break. One group watched a documentary and the other watched, uh, Robin Williams live and laughed for 20 minutes. They came back, worked for another 20 minutes. And they found that the people who were laughing were 18% more productive just because of the laughter. And (laughs) So it's it's that powerful, and you know, if you're a company or an owner, would you not want 18% more revenue at the end of the year? Would you not want not to have to replace two or three people every three or four months? Would you not want to have people with great mental health and who are full of life and and wanting to come to work and and, and helping out? So there's there's a lot of things. That, you that, better say yes to all those questions you just asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's hard to retain good people nowadays. And it's it's as if people are not as loyal. But if you're going to try to increase those odds, I would think creating a, a culture that makes people want to stay might tip the, tip the scale if they're like, well, I can get a dollar more an hour over there. Or I can laugh with these awesome people here and have a lot more fun at work. Hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I would think that would keep keep people uh, closer to home if they're in that culture that is a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and a recent study to that, um, they're now finding that people would rather have a job where their voice is heard and they feel a part of it as a t- team than take a, a, a $10,000 pay raise. They would $10, rather stick to where they are. Wow. Because, right? I mean, what's $10,000 at the end of the day, at the end of your life? It's, it's that feeling of belonging and knowing that people care about you. So it's, it's pretty, pretty powerful and pretty impactful. Yes, sir. Well, I can't wait to talk about it more. Let's take a quick break. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on Facebook at Growing Forward Services and my guest, Greg Kettner at Gregory.Kettner. When we come back, uh, I'm going to ask him if he's got some success stories for some com- some uh, companies that decided to change their culture with some work-happy tips. And Greg even has some links to some professional sports teams. Can't wait to hear about that. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye. 
Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and, of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. So, Greg, welcome back. Uh, We just want to say you've probably got some stories that companies have implemented work happy tips and they are thriving as a result of those tips. Do you got got one or two to share? Yeah, uh, without giving the, the, right. <laughs> the particular <laughs> details, right? there, there's been a couple. Uh, one is a, a software company that I've uh, had the pleasure of working with on and off for the last uh, 12 or 14 months. But what they found was everybody was displaced, right? So they, um, they didn't have the water cooler. Everybody's working from home. Mm-hmm. People are trying to figure out how to get onto Zoom and the right lighting and, and how do you, you know, shake hands <laughs> when you're on a screen kind of thing. Um, so I, I've been working with them and, you know, just simple things for, uh, you know, I teach people how to go from stressed to self-care, uh, how organizations can go from the loneliness that we have because we're humans and we're working from home to a sense of community and then from being disengaged to, to productive. And these folks have found their production has gone up because now they have uh, instituted a happy hour. Uh, I've helped them, you know, start out their team meetings with a joke, um, whether it's, it's, you know, something that I've come up with or um, there's like you were mentioning, you know, you, every day you listen to, to comedians like Brian Regan, um, uh, guys like that, that are, that are funny and clean. Your grandma can listen to them. Your kids yep. can listen to them. But, you know, when, when you start off a meeting with something different or you have a game or an activity that gets people out of their chair, um, and a, a couple of those activities that I've, I've done is um, building towers. So you don't tell anybody ahead of time and say, all right, everybody, you've got three minutes to build a tower in front of your Zoom camera. So people will pull out books. And <laughs> I don't, I've seen everything from wine bottles to glasses to whatever. But then you try and find out who's had the, the, the biggest tower. And um, another one is scavenger hunt. So you'll just say, all right, go grab uh, fingernail clippers. And then everybody runs away from the desk, go grabs the. So it's just, you know, stuff like that, that they've been able to incorporate so that it, they feel like they have a virtual water cooler. People are talking, having conversations. Another one, uh, they're, they're a bigger company and they're spread out uh, worldwide. Uh, Canada, U.S., Pakistan, uh, Russia. 
and what they found, you know, something similar, they, they just weren't connecting all these people. A lot of them are contractors. And so they hadn't been in a room or a zoom room together. And so we worked with them, uh, had a couple of meetings and then we had a happy hour where it was, I would tell a story, a funny story, share a lesson with it. But then we went into, um, you know, breakout rooms and we had 10 or 15 minutes for these people to connect. And it wasn't on a very deep level, but some of these people had never, you know, Bob had never talked to Mary before or, or whoever they were. And just that having that communication uh, allowed them to bond more as a team. And they found that their, you know, their deals were getting done faster because people knew how people worked. They knew uh, what language they spoke in or style and whatnot. So that company, uh, you know, has in, increased their sales. Um, and then another uh, group that I worked with, um, uh, police department, and they're on the front lines and they're stressed with everything. And the work that I did with them is just more of being a sounding board and, and a coach because I'm not a police person. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. I'm just a regular guy who likes to have fun. And sometimes when these people come off their shifts, they're just, they've seen stuff. They've, they've had to do stuff. And they just need a sounding board so they're not having to go home to their spouses and do the dump. And so I'm kind of that guy that, you know, will go hang out with them, get on a phone call. And they found that there's a lot more or, or a lot less sick days, you know, people taking time off because at the end of the day, these people can debrief and, and helping them with steps on how to, how to deal with stress, right? Whether it's, you know, venting and writing stuff out or checking in with other people or, or whatnot. So yeah, there's, there's various examples of increased sales, uh, lower turnover, um, less sick days. It's, it all, it, it works. And it's just, it, it's fun to watch a company have that turn. I bet it is. And, you know, that simple icebreaker to build relationship. It's hard for people, uh, team leaders who've never done that before. My, the client right before we came onto this call today, she said, I'm doing an icebreaker, Paul, just like you do with me. I think they roll their eyes, but they're participating, you know, because it's a new team for her. And I say, way to go. You know, they're learning something about each other and uh, it's starting it on a relational happy moment. So, yeah, that's way to go. Now, Greg, why do you specifically want to help professional sports teams work happy? I've got my my uh, Gretzky quote, you miss all the shots you don't take, you know, yeah. on my wall behind me here. Was that Gretzky or <laughs> Michael Scott from The Office? <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Scott, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't see it now, but my, my Gretzky jersey's on the wall. Um, well, I, w- I was in sports. Uh, I I got a job in uh in vancouver with the vancouver canucks uh and just i don't know just my personality or my attitude when i went up for the uh the interview i thought how can i stand out how can i be different um and so i walked into the interview with four dozen uh crispy cream donuts and uh, i got the job <laughs> people are like what are you here for are you the donut guy and i said well i want to work on sales so uh, I've, I've got a pretty extensive career both in the national hockey league and major league of soccer uh, and had some years in the, the Western Hockey League as well, too. But it's it's one of those jobs where it's a fun job, but it's it's not the highest paying job. You know, you get into ticket sales and, and you're lucky to make 40, 45,000. But if you're a fan, 
right? You want to be there because you're working game nights and you, and you get to see the joy on people's face and you get to watch games and all that kind of stuff. And so I really wanted to go back uh, and, and work with these organizations because they need it. They're, they're overworked, you know, some hours, uh, you know, 60, 70 hours a week if you're having to work games and whatnot. Uh, and everybody needs a break. So I, I wanted to go back there. And also, too, in, in the sports, it's still, you know, I mean, you and I, Paul, are uh, of the same age. And when we were growing up, real men don't cry. We don't take days off. We suck it up. We keep on going. And that's still prevalent in sports. And I've learned uh, through my journey and, and you know, the, the mental health issues that we've gone through, uh, in our family with my daughter losing her father to suicide, my stepdaughter. Um, I wanted to go back and help these people because it's still very macho um, idea, right? Like, oh, we can work. Well, we'll wait till summer. We'll take time off. And so I, I, I really want to go back and help these people see that there is a different way um, to, to work happy, to self-care, take care of yourself. You know, if you, if you're struggling, uh, with with mental health or you've anxiety, whatever it is, be okay to go to your boss and say, "Hey, I'm dealing with this. I need some help." Right, and that's only going to happen if it's top down. So if, when I go in, I can talk to the leaders, uh, the VPs, and saying, "This is what your staff is going through. We're all going through it." But here are some of the stories that you know I've heard from other other people, and if you guys are champions and you put your people before profits, you can have these conversations, you can save lives and you can save employees. Because if I go in and I talk to my manager and he's like, yep, uh, I've dealt with anxiety as well too. Here's, you know, the person that we've chosen for our team to help you if you need somebody else or whatnot, that person is going to be a, a champion for life, whether they, you know, continue to work with that team or they go to another league or another team. And, you know, who knows, a ticket guy can become a president of a sports team. And when that happens, that sport team is going to be better on and off the ice because, you know, we take care of the athletes and we pay them millions of dollars, but we're not taking care of the people who are selling the tickets, who are doing this, you know, the sponsorships, the marketing, the, the, you know, the security at games. So that that's why I wanted to go back because I really, Love sports. I can I can talk the language, and and I I I know that there's a huge need. And you mentioned the vulnerability. You know, vulnerability is the new trust builder. I don't think it was yeah. new. It's always been, but it just seems like it's come more in vogue these days. Uh, and if you can get the top down to be vulnerable, it just builds that culture that we can be real with one another. I need a mental health day, or you know, uh, I need an EAP program, or something that's going to help me get through that hard thing I'm going through. Yeah. Well, Greg, you're also a comedian, bringing laughter to dozens. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> one, one at a time. <laughs> R-O-F-L. Yes, all those funny things, right? So when you when you help another person <clears throat> smile or laugh, what does that do inside of you? Oh, it charges me up. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, there, there's not a better, the, the, some of the best feelings I've had in my life uh, have been walking off a stage when when you've, you've hit a chord with the audience, they're in the palm of your hand and, you know, always people would come up and tell you jokes that you heard great for. Oh, have you heard this one? Or try this one on stage. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm okay. And like, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're trying to get, they're trying to give me help. And I'm like, no, I need help with my taxes. I'm, I'm okay on stage. 
but it's the taxes I'm worried about. If you can do taxes, then we can be friends. But yeah, um, <clears throat> and I, I've just always found it uh, to be cathartic. You know, we, we grew up back in the day listening to uh, Bill Cosby records. That's how old I am. They were on records. Records. <laughs> Those are like the big CDs, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're under if you're under 20, it's a piece of plastic like a frisbee with grooves. Um, <laughs> and then I, you know, I, I had the opportunity to to go on stage one night and Mike and absolutely loved it. And, and my goal was to, you know, be the next the next big comedian. So yeah, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. When, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people can <clears throat> relate to, you know, when you tell a joke and people laugh, you know, how does that make you feel? It makes both parties feel great, right? It does. It does. Well, one of the creative ways that you're spreading smiles, especially in COVID was your Friday funnies. Tell us about yeah. that. Uh, well, it started, uh, it started because I couldn't get a hold of a client. Uh, I, I, I knew it was a big company I wanted to get in, uh, and he wasn't responding. So I emailed, I left voicemails. I even sent a, let, sent a letter <laughs> trying to get this guy to just have a conversation. And um, he wasn't responding. And then one night, uh, there was a business after-hours function uh, through the local chamber or community service or something. And uh, I was... I volunteered to be the greeter out front and, and, you know, when people show up, Hey, welcome and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he came up to me and said, Hey, Greg, it's Alan. And I said, Alan, who? And he goes, Alan from so-and-so. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember you. He goes, how do you remember me? And he said, well, it says Greg Kettner and you sent me emails. You've left me voicemails. You sent me a letter. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, why are you talking to me now? And he goes, what you're selling, I don't need. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fair enough. And uh, so we had a, you know, a laugh or two. And, and I said, well, what what do you like to do? And he says, I love to ski. I, if, if I'm not working, I'm skiing. And so that night I went home and I Googled uh, our YouTube, you know, fun ski videos of different places that I had skied at. And uh, the next morning I got to work, sent the ski video. He called me that afternoon. He said, I've never been there. Let's go ski in there. So here's a guy who wouldn't get back to me. But when I talked his language and what he loved to do versus what I wanted to do or what I was selling him, we had this conversation and uh, we went skiing together. And, and we're still friends to this day. He never purchased what I was selling at the time. Um, but, you know, if, if my house ever needs a new roof, I'm, I'm going to call him. <laughs> yeah right right because right? i have a relationship with this guy and I, I trust him and i know him and so it's yeah it's it's interesting how that friday funnies so that kind of sparked my idea on well i should send out a funny email without asking anybody for anything or setting up a meeting and whatnot and so i started finding these cartoons and they're all hr approved it is 2022 <laughs> uh a lot of them you know can be far side or or funny memes that you see uh one of the ones i sent out a couple of weeks ago was uh obviously it sounded like a mom but it was just a meme it said i'm today i'm helping my son locate the chocolate that i ate last night <laughs> <laughs> right so it, it's it's silly and it's dumb but it makes people laugh 
And, and from the Friday funnies, I send them out every Friday. Uh, you know, people just can, can sign up for it on my website, but I, I've fostered so many great relationships and, and a lot of business. Uh, one of my biggest clients is because I got him on the uh, Friday funnies and he finally called me up and said, Greg, we don't have this in our company. We have nobody that makes us laugh. He goes, I like to laugh, but I can't do it. I'm not good at it. And so now we're working together and, you know, doing the work happy game plan with them to where every Friday they get their own Friday funnies and everybody's laughing and having a good time. And then when you share it with other people, um, you know, how much more good is it for everybody else? It's like a, a you know, a pebble in a pond. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So how can they sign up for that, Greg? We'll just, uh, uh, just give you a shameless plug here. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, just my website, gregketner.com slash Friday funny. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And you're also a work happy podcast host. What yep. will the listeners get from listening in on your interviews? They will get a million dollars. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Everybody just disconnect from this one. <laughs> Go over to mine because you get a million dollars. Interesting sales technique. Yes. <laughs> bribery. <laughs> uh, no, the, the work happy podcast is just full of people's stories who are positive, who work happy, how they motivate their teams, uh, those kinds of things. And, and I, I've learned a lot of lessons and, and I'm sure the listeners have as well too, different things that people do um, to make people happy, but <clears throat> it seems like it always comes back to uh, caring about the individual, you know, taking time to, to pat them on the back or say good job. Or, you know, if, if you see on Facebook that their dog passed away, right. Come in and bring a sympathy card. Um, but it's just, you know, giving someone a, a, a sympathy card for a dog who passed, I mean, that'll last for years. You know, obviously it's sad, but the idea of them knowing that you took the time, you went to the store, you wrote, and that you even noticed on Facebook, right, can last a lifetime. And that person will be uh, loyal. They'll be happy. And, you know, chances are they're going to stick with that company longer because that's how they got treated. So good. Well, congratulations on being a TEDx speaker uh, at Spokane last year. What was important about being on that stage for you? Uh, I, again, it, it comes back to, to amplifying what I've learned about how laughter connects people mm -hmm. uh, and the, the lessons I've learned from it. Um, and being on that stage and then, you know, being a part of the TEDx uh, website and, and YouTube, obviously that can disseminate a lot quicker than I can one one zoom call at a time. Um, but I, I just, I so believe in, in laughter, uh, is, is a great medicine. It doesn't get us, you know, it doesn't cure life's problems that it throws at us, but it gives us time and, and, and pause to take inventory and, and to do self-check and whatnot so that we can, it, it helps us get through a certain situations and the opportunity to be, be a part of that group and, and to get my message out there to people so that, you know, it can resonate with them and more people are laughing because when we have better connections and we have more trust in people, which laughter brings, that's when the world can change and we're not fighting against each other. We're learning and helping and how can I help you, you know, to, to make the world a better place. You do need that now more than ever, for sure. Well, Greg, you have a coach. I have a coach. You told me that it's been transformative for you in your business. What would you say to a listener that might be considering hiring a coach? Do it. Do it now. 
however you can. And, you know, when I started my coach, I had to put the first three months on the credit card. <laughs> but uh, what what my coach, Craig Hurd, has really helped me do, I, I, I had all the information in my head. I had the background from speaking and stand-up and, and, you know, doing sales. But he really helped me form it into a, a process that's repeatable and that I can work with, you know, how do I attract people who are looking to be happy, um, all those kinds of things. But the, the approach I really liked about what he's done, he's helped my business grow, but he's really helped me and he came from it. How can I help you take away that money stress for your family, right? Because I, I have a great marriage and a great relationship with Rachel, but money was one of those things that kept on popping up. Like, how are you going to replace your, your income and, and whatnot? And he really cared about not just my business, but helping, you know, my marriage and a wholesome as a family. Uh, and I, I think it's really important. And I, I learn lessons from him every day. Uh, I know you're not my coach specifically, but if there's issues that come up, I mean, we have conversations all the time, right? Whether it's about family or work or, or golf, uh, <laughs> how, how do I score lower uh, in golf? But uh, coaching is, is so valuable. And, um, you know, whether, whether you're looking for someone uh, in the realm of, of growing your business or you want to work happy um, or communicate better. I mean, there's all kinds of different. I just heard of somebody that is a, a nanny coach and they come in and they help you train how to get your babies to sleep. And I was like, wow, wow. if there's a nanny coach there, anybody can niche and be a coach and right. <laughs> whatever you want. Right. Yeah. But it's, just, it's nice to have somebody that <clears throat> uh, gets you. And, and can help you along your journey because we, we all need it. I mean, no man is an island, right? Uh, we're better together. So, yeah, if you are if you need a coach in your life, I would definitely uh, look people up or, or, or do some research or, you know, talk to Paul or talk to myself if there's something that you're looking for. And if it's not one of us, we're happy to, to refer you to somebody that we do know that, you Absolutely. know, benefit you. Absolutely. And like you said, there's so many different niches you could have uh... – some of you are listening to my podcast a few weeks ago uh, where uh, a guy named Jonathan Wright says he's got six people on Team Jonathan, right? He's got a coach for different areas of his yeah. life, a mastermind group, a mentor. And uh, so, like, you could just, you might just need a general life coach to help you with your vision and yeah. finding that for your life. You may need a niched area like the nanny or like my <laughs> puppy. Uh, I, I have a puppy and Yep. So, you know, we've, we need a coach for our puppy, right? <laughs> or no, it's, it's for us uh, to coach our puppy. But there are just so many different niches if you want to grow in a certain area. And a coach isn't with you like forever. You know, after a while, they they have given you their goodness and you move on to a different one. And you might Absolutely. need to grow a different area of your life. I go by the grow model myself, which is trying to help a client figure out their G, their goals or their yep. vision that they have for their life in whatever area that they want to pursue Hopefully, even if just a one-year vision, you want to be better one year uh, than you are uh, one year from now than you are today. Then the R is the reality. You know where are you stuck right now, coaches? Uh, if you're if you're transparent with your coach, then he or she can help you because you just say, "Where well, I'm stuck, I've tried this, it didn't work." Um, and then there's a gap between G and R, and so I jump in that gap with you uh, as a coach and try to do O, which is options, and that's where I, we ask as coaches lots of questions, yeah. and we are. Uh, we, we are well known for question asking because we want to pull out the goodness from what's inside of you because you probably already know what you need to do, 
but we need to get a whole bunch of those options on the table or else you feel like I don't like that option A or I don't like B. So I'm stuck. And then W is we try to help people find their way forward, which is the thing they're going to commit 100% into an action plan, heartfelt you know, goal that they're going to make. And then we keep you loosely accountable to that or we help you find another person that will keep you accountable. So yeah, coaching, uh, obviously, we're both very passionate about it because it's done a lot for us. And we get that privilege of being on the front lines with our clients. Yeah. And it's great to see too, like you said, you know, whether it's a year or six months or 18 months, our, our job in coaching is to work ourselves out of a job, which yeah. sounds weird. But when, you know, when, when you get somebody and they're like, okay, we've been able to solve this problem together and they're like, good to go. That's, that's a great thing, right? Because there's always more people that we can help, but it, it's great to see almost like, you know, when I walk off a, a, a stage and, and people are happy and they're motivated and they're, they're excited about going back to work. Um, when you can get someone to their goals, reach their goals, that's, there's nothing better. So true. Well, Greg, last two questions. What do you want to promote for our listeners' personal leadership development and how can our GFT listeners best contact you? I probably just, I mean, what if you're an individual learning and, and you want to be more happy at work, more productive, have more joy, more life balance, uh, the, the personal coaching, I, I love doing the one-on-ones. Uh, and if you're an organization uh, where your team might be struggling, whether they're not motivated enough, they're not happy, uh, they're not productive, uh, there's high turnover, um, it would be great to have a conversation to see if the work happy game plan would be something that might work for you. And the best way to reach me is uh, either on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm the only Greg Kettner that I know of uh, right now, uh, or just my website, which is gregkettner.com. Greg, thanks so much. You are a fa- fabulous guest and a good friend. And keep working happy and spreading that message of laughter, connect- connecting people to the world. Well, great, Paul. And I want to thank you for having me on and thank you for your friendship, your mentorship, and really uh, commend you for all the great work that you're doing. I appreciate you. And I know that the people's lives that you, the people you work with, their lives are much better uh, because they, they work with Paul Casey. Thanks, my friend. So I have some takeaways from Greg today. Maybe you had some of the same ones. We all get something different out of each podcast. And, you know, we started out talking about sales, which is just helping people solve their problems. And maybe you don't have what will solve their problems. So you give a referral or a recommendation. Sales is serving others. And you got to do more listening and less talking. Greg was also, his mission is to take people from stress to self-care, from loneliness to community. He tries to model that through his his own uh, self-care and meditation and breathing and bringing laughter to the world. So you can be a party of one and doing that today by making people's day. And interesting little little tidbits of how he got a job by bringing donuts to the interview. So he, st- he stood out and we want to be memorable uh, in, in our lives and sending the ski video to a potential client. What is something that you could do to stand out so that you are more memorable uh, in order to get uh, clients and customers or just simply to make somebody's day? The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. Remember, if you learn something and don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. Hey, I want to give a free gift to y'all. 
text the word growing to 72,000 to get my free control my calendar checklist. It's your first steps to getting your time management under control this year. That's opening a text to 72000 and typing the word growing. Thank you for listening to episode nine. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other achiever friends in your life who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. Until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 